Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome to Scam Wow. I'm Caitlin Brodnick. I'm your host. I love scams. I love you. Guys, welcome to another great episode. I'm so excited for this episode. We have Carrie McCrossin, who is one of my good friends. She's a comedy writer. She's a great actress. She's written movies. She's written for Lifetime. She's written two movies for Lifetime. She has written a young adult novel called Margot Mertz Takes It Down. Carrie and her husband Ian have written this novel and it is wonderful. And I'm so happy we're getting this out this week because I think it will be on everyone's Christmas list. It's already gotten amazing response. And as you'll hear in our episode, she's on like books of the month lists all over the place. Carrie's one of the kindest people, and we talk about book scams today. Before we get started, I had to say a huge thank you to one of our new Patreon patrons, Nicole. Thanks for being a Patreon patron. This week, I have, I mean, this month, we have two episodes coming out, and never released episode, so it's just for you guys, and um, another check-in episode. Nicole, the thing you have to look out for this month is, well, I'll give you two. One is our Christmas trees right now are ridiculously expensive. And we went to our Christmas tree sales person and they said it's because the 2008 financial crisis. I am not kidding, guys. The 2008 financial crisis apparently is affecting Christmas trees of this year. And then I guess in five years, whatever, our crisis right now of COVID will affect trees in the future. Because apparently trees that even are like four feet tall are six years old. Now, I didn't know any of this Christmas tree information, but we got our tree. I'm not joking. It's shorter than me. And it was $65. And the guy gave us a deal. Like it was supposed to be 70 or 80. Right off the bat, he showed us a tiny dead looking tree and said it was $80. And my husband and I just said to him flat out, I'm sorry, we're, we respect you and we respect your job, but we can't spend this much money. The money we're spending is for our son this Christmas. Like it's not going to be on this tree. So our budget's a little tighter. And um, then he like, I guess felt bad for us and really liked our son. So he gave us a deal, which was still $65 and not to be an old timey wacko, but like $65 got you a tree that was like pushing against your ceiling when I was a kid. And I have heard from two different friends that they've gotten $60 or less trees that are incredibly tall, like over six, seven feet tall at Home Depot. And I know it's like, damn the man, damn the depot. But if you are on a budget this Christmas, which I think a lot of us are, maybe ask around and ask your friends where they got their tree. And not that we should be finagling for trees, because I don't know if that's something that people do really, except they like do it in movies. And there's always like a grumpy dad who's like a Scrooge. But finagle for your trees, guys. You have my permission. Find the tree that fits you. That's one of my scams for Nicole. But Nicole, we have a second one for you because you're a fancy girl. You know, 
Nicole, your second scam, which we are going to cover in an entire episode, but this is giving you just a little preview, is about the Bitcoin and the cryptocurrency that's happening right now. Basically, there is a way to make a false cryptocurrency that these scammers are doing. So if you are thinking of doing the NFT route, which we will explain in an amazing episode by Sabra and Steven, they're incredible. And they answered all of my questions. And I sounded like a very much an old lady, but I did not know what they were talking about for a while. (laughs) And so I just kept saying, please re-explain this to me. But going back to that, Nicole, watch out for if you're thinking of cryptocurrency, if you're thinking of looking into it, there's all these TikTok videos and all these Instagram videos saying like, you better get into cryptocurrency or you're an idiot if you don't. It's very shameful because it makes no sense. And there's no reason why anybody should get into cryptocurrency if they don't understand it. And one of the scams that is running with all these cryptocurrencies because there's no checks and balances and there's no real like legal ramifications right now for it, people can set up fake currencies, get you to buy and get you to spend money and use their own hype men to hype it up and act like the cryptocurrency is legit when it's not. So just make sure you are checking your ser- sources, making sure you feel very comfortable in an accredited cryptocurrency if you're going to do that. Okay, that's my scam for you, Nicole. Thanks again. And if you want to be a Patreon patron, you can find us on Scamwell Podcast on Patreon. We're on Instagram. We're on the emails, we're on the Twitters, the Facebooks, and we're here for you this Christmas. I'm so excited to give you this episode. I can't wait for you to enjoy it. Welcome to Scam Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome, Carrie. I'm so happy to have you here. And Carrie, you have, well, you're here for like a million reasons because I'm obsessed with you, but we're talking about your (laughs) new book. Which is so exciting. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy to plug my book. Let's plug the shit out. Uh, I also have a scam we can talk about. Really? Yeah. If you want. (laughs) I have a scam too. But my scam is about how much work it is for authors to have to push their own books. That's great. But I want to talk to you all about... I want to really like showcase your book because I know that our listeners would love it. They love YA stuff and it's such a big deal because this took you, you did it with your husband. It took you, you as I read in like your little, one of the awesome emails because I did not have my shit together to send out emails. <laughs> but your emails of like, you were doing it when your son was little, you guys did it over those of years. Yeah, it's, um, books are long and hard to write. Oh. And yeah, <laughs> especially for like, uh, like comedy folks, I think like we're like, oh, I wrote like three really great jokes today. So I'm done now. Right. Oh my God. Well, that's amazing. And I'm going to put a link so our listeners can grab it and click it. And do you want, can you give us a little synopsis? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So the book is about, um, it's about a high school fixer. So she's in the style of like, um, our comps are Veronica Mars or mm-hmm. the book Moxie, um, so she's kind of like an overachiever uh, fixer mm-hmm. who cleans up people's internet mistakes. So if you have a bad tweet that got out there. So, and that's a job, being a fixer. She's, she's made it a job. She does it. Okay. She starts doing it for her classmates and then even mm-hmm. some like teachers and local, you know, politicians need her help sometimes oh, um, because yeah, everybody's got like a bad picture or something they said or something that needs mm-hmm. to be removed from their online presence. So that's Mm -hmm. what she does. Uh, But then she's hired by a fellow student to remove some nudes that were put up on a site. Mm -hmm. And she discovers that there is a school-wide revenge porn site featuring multiple Mm -hmm. girls at her school, images Mm -hmm. of them without their consent. 
And uh, so she kind of goes vigilante style. So it's it's a little bit of a mystery. She's searching for the boys who built this or whoever, who, for the people who mm-hmm. built the site. They, they're not necessarily boys, but it, it, she has a, a righteous anger in, in trying to yeah. uh, track that down. So it, it touches on uh, consent, online consent, online behavior in our internet age. It's so perfect for right now. Yeah, but it's but her voice is funny, and so there's a lot of humor in the book too, and it's kind of that like kind of some serious issues, but done with with a fun voice. Does that, oh does that make it Jenny, sound good? Yes. I should have just read the description on the book deck. No, that it does. But actually, it the book is propping so- up my camera right now so that I don't have. <laughs> so be, there's no way. <laughs> no, it's so good, Carrie. It sounds so interesting, and also like that must have been so. I'm so curious how it was like writing it with your husband too, because it's about, you know, you. I'm sure you gave some of your point of view as being like a young girl when you had your experience and then you're sharing this with your husband who maybe I don't think had the exact same experience as you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we we quickly were able to both hook into the voice that was our our narrator, Margot Margo Mertz is her name. I think we both got a sense of it. She is not me. But she mm. does have some similar, like the way that she expresses herself is sometimes the way that she makes jokes. Like some of that is similar to mm-hmm. my voice. Um, mm-hmm. So I think we both kind of like thought about that. But there's a lot of it that's so different now because I will betray my age. But like I wasn't oh, yeah. on, I wasn't sending nudes in Same. high school, and it wasn't sort of, it sort of wasn't done. There wasn't a mechanism mm-hmm. to do that, so that that wasn't happening. And I think. Now it's ubiquitous. And one of the things that's interesting is that Ian was reading, a, we, he was reading a book. It's nonfiction. It's called um, American Girls. I think it's called American Girls. Yes, it's over there on my shelf um, mm-hmm. by Nancy Jo Sales. And it talks about, and, and I, even this, I think, was written like five years ago or something like mm-hmm. that. But it talked about all of these experiences that, that women had and how they would, you know, share a picture with somebody they trusted. Um, uh, mm-hmm. you know, something they were in a relationship with who would then share it at large with other people. And because mm-hmm. the internet is so fast and because you can post so something fast. so quickly and it can just like, it's, it's so hard to put those things back in the box once you, yeah. So, um, so he was really the one who read that and, and came in with that idea and mm. then we shaped the book together, but yeah. That's amazing. It was, it was, it was really fun to work on and also to feel like, you know, you, you work on a project for, a book like this for how many years? I mean, this is over three yeah. years, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You want to at least feel like you're spending that time about something that you care about, <laughs> about yes. something that matters. Yeah. So I think that is how projects get made, though. Like I've noticed at least where I have a bunch of ideas, but unless I'm fiery or there's something towards, or at least writing my book, I was like, this is for a girl. You had something to say. Right. Very, very clear. It was needed too. Yeah. So I think your book's incredibly needed. And I think it's also people are writing about it more right now as news cover stories from a journalist point of view, like hearing it from your point of view and your point of view as a couple, as a woman from a character that has humor in it. It's just so refreshing because it is so bombarded. We are so bombarded with it in our news and with it online and social media of the like the chaos and the tragedy of it all. Yeah that sometimes you can't communicate lessons, you can't communicate ways you can learn and educate people just by some clickbait article. Yeah. Our hope with it is that it gets a dialogue going. That anybody, like, we're not even Mm -hmm. really necessarily trying to make a case about 
like a lesson. We just no, want, we're like, yes. if you can, sometimes it's more palatable to read a story with a character that you like and some of those secondary issues like kind of seep in and you think about them rather than reading a news article where you're just like, oh, this sucks. I'm, you know, yeah, exactly. I think that's what you're saying, but yeah. yes, yes. And, and sending pictures now is such a part of like, People think of it as like keeping a relationship spicy, keeping a relationship going, like making your partner excited while they're at work. Like mm-hmm. I was trying to explain this to my dad because he was, he really like, he read the book and he was like, well, that he, he liked the book, but he was like, that, that's not, I mean, that's, that would never happen. Right. I mean, and I was like, oh, oh dad, like you, <laughs> it happens constantly. It's happening right now. <laughs> and I tried to explain to him that like, it's normal, like sending a picture isn't the crime he didn't think that was the crime but yeah that's not the issue yeah the issue is the trust and the consent and resharing and reposting it and Mm -hmm. and yeah yeah and accessibility too i mean i'm sure you guys like the like not having a phone locked or not having it saved or downloaded to a a private file or something um and did you have while you're writing this were you like researching and finding out information that you're like oh shit this is this is how your information gets leaked i feel like while i'm reading this i'd be like oh my gosh i have to double check all my photos on facebook and everything yeah i mean as you probably witnessed when i tried to get the my headphones working for this call today (laughs) i'm not super strong with technology and i'm not very good at locking my my shit down so uh no i'm not i'm pretty bad about it yeah it's so hard i know i am i was joking with because we we think scams are silly and ridiculous and we make fun of it and talk about it. But um, I was talking with this other podcast host and they took it very seriously. And I was like, this is the wrong, <laughs> the wrong girl. <laughs> I'm often outing myself and ready to be like ready for a scam to be scammed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. And I would recommend asking our lovely listeners and readers to rate and review on Barnes & Noble. Hmm, interesting. That is what I'll say. And because, so when mine came out three years ago, it was all about Amazon. Mm-hmm. Amazon is like the biggest seller. It's so easy. You know, they they have everything out. And that's also as an author where you can track your sales. So it's very convenient right, for me because right. I can be like, oh, 14 were sold. That's just so exciting. One was sold this week. Great. Zero, you know, whatever it is, sure. I get that boost or that clarity for myself for self-esteem. And then those books get sent. Then your publisher has a list of every single book that was sold basically in like the numbers. Well, the scam I have today, and we can do your scam too, but I can just talk briefly on it, is about the fact that people are gaming the Amazon system and people are gaming the Amazon algorithm with Kindle books specifically. And Barnes and Nobles has... Barnes and Noble or Barnes and Nobles? I'll say it <laughs> plural forever. My grandma calls it Panera's. We just call it. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Panera's inside Barnes and Noble's is inside mm-hmm. of Starbucks's. Mm-hmm. Um, they have humans that oh. are handling the algorithm. It's not a computer. It's not machine based. Hmm. So it's interesting because the more likes you get, the more reviews and the more five-star reviews you get on Amazon, it's supposed to boost it up. And in some ways it does, and it boosts your book up and you can share it on social media. Like I'm at this list, that list, like it's very exciting to be one of the best sellers of something. But it turns out that the Barnes and Noble ones are nobles. (laughs) I'm not, I can't not say it. The Barnes and Nobles ones. Barnes and Nobles. Barnes and Nobles. They are... I guess not more legitimate, but they're 
of greater value at this point between like fellow authors. Oh, too. interesting. Okay, great. So, so in the trades, people are looking at the Barnes and Noble number. Yeah, because with Amazon, you could also buy space to have your book be advertised. Right. Right. So that is sort of crazy because you could spend your marketing budget and then you can just like pay a large amount to Amazon to recommend your book to everyone, which is fine. But the scam inside all of this is that it comes on the author's shoulder. For me, I think the scam is that it comes on these the author's shoulders to promote, to share, to really get the book out to your entire community and then ask your immediate community to then share it with everyone in their community. Yeah. And not only have you just finished writing a book and also in your case, birthing and raising a child, <laughs> you then have to become a marketing strategist. I know. And find out how to do it. That was just, that was the most overwhelming part for me. And what I found when my book was published that the books that got immediately bestseller reviews were ones written by real housewives. Yeah, <laughs> like, sure. Of course. Yeah, celebs. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People who are already a known quantity. It is it is really hard. And even like, I don't know, I, I don't know how far your social reach is, but like, I, I don't have a huge social reach. Mm-hmm. And it, I don't know that it really makes a dent. But I think like, it isn't just publishing, like it's like trying to book an acting job or anything like yes. people are looking for you to be sort of a commodity where they want you, you, the artist to not just make a great piece of art, which mm-hmm. they already like, obviously they, they want to publish your book or whatever, um, or, or maybe cast you in their show, but they, they right. need you to come with value added of like, you know, yes. 10,000 followers who are going to do whatever you say, or take your recommendation for like, which kind of lip gloss to wear or whatever. Yes. And I think that's like, there are people who only do that and are yes. really good at that. Yeah, I think that it is also kind of a more modern thing because I don't think they were asking like JD Salinger to get on Twitter and I don't promote. Think so no, but I he probably his level was probably like wine and dining it with people. Yeah, yeah, that's that's probably right. There was like that social element of like getting theirs was probably instead of doing a lot of social media work, getting out every night to another party, doing some literary party. Yeah, salon. getting their faces, or even yeah. like to some like Studio sixty four party, like just to get yourself. Yeah as a celebrity, which is so bonkers to me because it is a completely different craft, like being an incredible <laughs> artist yeah. and, and then being like a celebrity chasing fame right. connoisseur. Right. They're two different crafts. Right, and right. It's, it's just, and then also being a mother, <laughs> raising yeah. a child is a whole like, other craft. I'm uniquely not suited to doing that after spending yes. a year in my house only talking to my husband, working on a yeah. book. Like you don't want to put me in front of a cocktail party. <laughs> like, well, I'm not ready for that. I did mine when I was like seven months pregnant with Lewis. Yeah. So I yeah. was just like, I'm happy to be alive, guys. <laughs> like I really you got that sweet second trimester. Wait, that's yeah. the third trimester. Early third trimester. That's that the sweet spot. The sweet spot where also like people are very, very nice to you. Yes. And you slowly as you want. So I recommend yes. anyone who's putting on a book, try and get pregnant. Why did I not get pregnant for this? <laughs> get pregnant for the release. So mm-hmm. that way you just got to slowly walk it out. And yeah. everyone is so much nicer because they're like, you can't rush a pregnant woman <laughs> or you shouldn't. Yeah. Oh man, that's great. That's good advice. So crazy. Really good advice. A great reason to have a child. 
bring a child into this world. <laughs> a whole nother human being in the world so that you can have an easier book launch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm yeah, filled yeah. with these tips, guys. Follow <laughs> me on Instagram. <laughs> I actually, I think I already shared this, but I tried, I shared it on one of our recent episodes. I tried doing an Amazon affiliate um, link to see if that uh-huh. works at all. Uh-huh. And it doesn't. Oh, <laughs> great, great. Cool, cool. So the scam that I have is it was called Cockgate and Tiffany Ooh. Gate. And it's about these romance novelists that tried to and were successfully gaming the system on Amazon. On Amazon, I put it in the chat notes on Amazon Kindle. Oh. And you can sign up for Kindle Unlimited. Alan actually gave me this article. It was amazing. I was like, I don't have a scam. And he's he was like, This is amazing. Show it to Carrie. She'll love it. So basically, these romance novelists. We're creating this new loophole that Amazon was providing that if a reader on Kindle reads all of the pages or even scrolls through all of the pages, you get paid a certain amount. You get paid per page, not just per book. It used to be per book. So people were sending out three-page books or something that was like basically a pamphlet. So then Uh readers got angry. And so now... Amazon change. And this is all done by their algorithm that's automated. So no one's actually checking this. So then these authors started to put out books that were like thousands of pages, up to 3,000 pages, things that are as long as War and Peace, like as long as the Bible. And inside it would be, the first part would be loaded with maybe a new story. And then it would say, click to the end for an upcoming sneak peek of my next book. So it would get the person to click on the link all the way to the end of the thousandth page so then amazon kindle associates that as being read and then they put some clickbaity thing on the last page and this then would take money from other authors that were writing a legit book or a legit kindle book right sure so in this article this personal assistant she called herself was working with multiple authors to almost on their own private Slack channel to um, support each other, share share things with each other and promote each other like at nauseam. And now they're, requ- they're required to call it a compilation collection, but it would be just a technical new book release that would have a compilation of their stuff, copyrighted stuff from other authors, just like packed Unreal. in. Yes. And this started to get a lot of attention because one of these authors, she wrote a book called her cocky doctors and someone else wrote a book called her cocky firefighters <laughs> and so there was this big <laughs> argument of like the word cocky and the first author took it and copyrighted the word cocky and then all these other romance novelists were like you can't copy cock okay it's like everyone has their own individual cock you can't copy it. also i mean this is going to show my like I, I don't read tons of I don't read any romance really. Mm-hmm. So I'm surprised. I never associate cocky. Like I always think of cocky as as just like, oh a uh, you know, some jerk. Yeah. I don't it's not like a turn on word that makes me get all <laughs> But here's the thing. The cur- the picture as they described it, they said the lawyers carried in full color exhibits of the trademarks and context. First up, two shirtless men with stethoscopes embracing a woman with the words, her cocky doctors boldly printed below. Next, two shirtless men flanking a woman 
in a too big firefighter's jacket with the words her cocky firefighters oh, no. in the same font. No, they really did rip it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, with two shirtless men. I'm starting to get the picture. Then yeah. you see that yeah. cockiness and they must be also confident, you know, with those bodies and those cartoon <laughs> bodies. It's a double on time. And so she, she also said, you know, the font was copied. And so this second author was... She said she was trying to play off or have other people think that it was part of a series of some kind. Right. Sure, sure. Yeah. So it was called Cockgate and it went crazy. And then what happened is that the second one in question, and after all, all of things were coming through, the Amazon Kindle Unlimited scam started to come forward. And this personal assistant named Lauren Valderrama. She was a personal assistant to several other successful romance authors and that seemed to frequently dominate the romance charts on Amazon. And this is all self-published romance. Mm -hmm, Now, mm -hmm. what's fascinating is that you can earn up to $14 a book. So if you're selling (gasps) millions of books, I know we don't even get that much. We get 0.5 cents. my breath away. Can you? I know. Staggering difference. <laughs> yeah. Self-published authors on Amazon can get, if, if somebody reads through the entire thing, that, that whole link, Whoa. then they can get $14 of a book. Now, this group that this personal assistant worked with had a, they did practices like gaming the system, like a loot, a newsletter for everyone, selling newsletters to other readers, mm. making tons of social media explains and performances. And so then it was brought to the attention of The Verge, which is where this article's print like written, that mm-hmm. people are selling $500 for a romance novel manuscript to just shove in the middle of your <laughs> Kindle Unlimited story. Or they're selling $500 each of a 21,000 mountain man romance novel readers. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like you want a community to help support each other, but this was all making money off of each other to then make money off of the program. Right, right. Kindle Unlimited, readers pay $99.99 a month to read as many books as they want through their program. $99 a month? That's a lot. No, I'm sorry, (laughs) $9.99. I'm just like, like, that's Uh, a lot. Not the first time our listeners have been like, could. You'd have to read a lot of books to make that worth your while. Yeah. I know, it's not not for this lady. Um, Right. So while other authors like you and I would be trying to put things out to get noticed. The sure. self-publishing authors would invest money on advertisements, on these blasting newsletters, yeah. email letters and everything. Yeah. They like hacked the system. They did. It reminds me too of like, this happens too with the New York Times bestseller list that there are authors who, well, I mean, there's like the Don Juniors who are awful and just mm-hmm. buy up huge chunks of books themselves but i think i actually read the story in the times which (laughs) (laughs) but who knows uh, i read that they were um that authors there are smaller operations where authors or agents will go around and buy like 10 from each you know or 100 from a local bookstore or 10 here or 10 there and that they would call ahead of time. They would have someone call ahead of time and say to the local or to the indie bookstore, do you report your sales to the New York times for their bestseller Mm -hmm. list? And if they said yes, then they'd like, you know, a few days later, get a huge order for, you know, a specific book. And, you know, like none of that, I don't know if that's illegal. I don't think it's illegal. And same with these Amazon. I don't know if they, you know, let you get to the end of of the story, but like, it isn't really illegal. It's just, it's the wild, fucking west and like everybody's trying to get ahead and and game the system yeah. 
people suggested that to me too. I read this about of the only way that somebody would get one of the ways an author could get on a bestseller list. Now for me, my publisher makes an incentive if you get a certain number of books sold or if you get on a bestseller list, you get seller list of New York Times, you get a um, financial bonus. So for me, I was like, God, that would be amazing. Of course, that that did not happen. And (laughs) someone told me the odds, like the average author only sells 200 books, which is the cruelest thing someone ever said to me. And it's not true and not true in this day and age. And I'm positive you probably already made made that margin, but it was something that was like haunting me either. Like, I don't want to get under 200, but I don't think I'll ever get to, to you know, New York Times bestseller. Right. So that was an option that they were saying, and it's not illegal, but I will say it is for the author with more means. Like if I had five personal assistants, if I was buying books for a company to give them for Christmas, I mean, you can find a way buying books and donating them to a charity. I mean, you you can find a way to fudge the numbers. And then usually the people, like we were saying, the celebrities, the people that already have a following already have that sort of that cash to be able to throw at the situation and it doesn't impede them. It only makes it better. So it's, it's incredibly hard. And with all this Kindle Unlimited, what happened was that a bunch of people went to Twitter and they really brought the attention and fighting back towards Amazon because Amazon wasn't noticing this at all or didn't care or yeah. saying they didn't notice, but they did not care at all. They didn't care about ghostwriting, repetitive plots, or copycat writing at all. Um, now, Kindle has removed a bunch of the the authors that were listed in all of these articles that came out thanks to The Verge and thanks to other Twitter leaks and stuff. So they're showing but it's also so crazy. So this group, this personal assistant and her group, they would decide to put out books at the same time, like daddy books or virgin books or boss books or Navy seal books. And so then all of these authors would put out five different books about that topic per month, whether it's, you know, a compilation or or original. So then that would be the trend. So then they would be the top trending authors in romance self-publishing. Oh, it's so smart. I mean, it is like... I know. It's so it's so smart when, when Amazon's doing nothing. Like when Amazon yeah, doesn't yeah. care at all. And that's... So, but the, the part that was the huge backlash is this this first author. I have to say the name of the first author, just calling her the first author that was upset. Which one is this? The cocky witch? The cocky lady. Doctor? Yes. That's the original? The original cocky doctor. Okay, great. Okay, so Felina Hopkins tried to restrain Tara Crescent for using the word cocky. Now that's upsetting mm-hmm. to other authors because they're like, you can't, you know, you can't take that away from us. Right, right. Now, the thing that made the biggest splash is one of the lawyers made an argument about the trademark and he said, romance readers are unsophisticated consumers and a title like her cocky doctors would confuse Hopkins fans to buying the book. And then Twitter went insane over cocky gate and they're like, we're not unsophisticated. Right. What he was trying to say is that it's clickbaity. And if something is 99 cents, yeah. right. And, and that you could purchase it without thinking. And under the auspice that these authors are working together, if the font's the same, if the spacing's the same. But to call them unsophisticated made the romance novel reader community go crazy. Sure. Then they were hating her. Then they were hating... It just all went insane. And now they are required to say things. They're called book stuffers, the people that put all these extras. They're, They're required to say things like compilation, anthology, collection, and just ridiculous stuff like that. So since then, I Amazon has removed those authors, but I don't think they've really 
done anything to completely change it. But as I was reading, they said, okay, um, Margaret, romance author Margaret Bates says, but if they were relying on algorithms, they're going to find like YouTube and Facebook have been finding they need human curators as well. She also says, I know companies like Kobo, Barnes and Noble online have human curation. That's why you don't see stuffers there because they can't get away with it there. And so that's sort of the place of I think it behooves everyone to have, if you're an author, like a couple, a handful at least of reviewed books on Barnes and Noble, even if it's not going to be then recommended by every Barnes and Noble reader, even if it's not going to be as plastered as sort of Amazon seems to shove their books in everyone's face. I think as the author, you would feel comfortable not that any of us are doing like cocky gate or any of us are doing that self-publishing way, but it is something where you notice it. Um, that especially with ebook retailers that that one has like more value yeah, yeah but yeah. they said that like this could be happening with this could happen to ya this could happen to like sci-fi like sci-fi sure sure there's yeah. no reason why the self-publishing world and when you they don't have the support behind them they're going to spread like wildfire and try to make that money like of course try yeah they're, they're gonna do whatever they can so i mean it's your classic like as the technology changes like they need to shift and and mo- moderate. I'm it. not good at that. I'm not good yeah. at like at keeping up with the technology and how it. <laughs> well, you don't have to be. Amazon needs to be like. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. need to be better. I think because I don't know if I were somebody who wanted to buy romance books, I would prefer to buy them from a vendor where I knew they were going to be at least a book. <laughs> Me too. But I'll tell you, during COVID, I'm like not going anywhere. Even before COVID, like I'm lazy as no, hell. I know, I, I know. Amazon got way too much of my money during COVID. They did, and they still do. And it's so interesting. So what I was saying earlier today about the weird affiliate thing is that the doing an affiliate link, which I tried to sign on for, for putting it in my Instagram bio or something, mm-hmm. Like 20 people, 31 people clicked on the link, like not a single person purchased it, which I don't care. But friends of mine have asked where I get my favorite milk frothers from. And so I'm trying to show them this is where they are. (laughs) Maybe I can make money off of it. Not at all, because I also don't feel like becoming like a competitive affiliate link person. And I think that's you don't want to devote your life to that. I don't, you know, I don't. I really have to go pick up my son from school. And it's like (laughs) there's other (laughs) things to do. And that's where. All of these things, the self-publishing, the affiliate links, the social media influencers, like there is an enormous amount of time and devotion that it behooves them to make it look very natural and like they did everything very quickly on the spur of the moment. This like naturally very flawless photo of them drinking a mm-hmm. latte mm-hmm. just to show you how easy you can drink your latte and look beautiful as well. Sure. <laughs> that It's all done with that auspice of like, it's so effortless. Yeah. But it is so time consuming and so much work. And as we were saying, like, even though they were trying to like scam the Amazon system, the amount of work and networking and people writing, still trying to produce monthly 3000 page books is still a ton of work. It's still so much work. Yeah. Dishonest or no. I had a friend, I want to say this was like eight years ago or maybe like seven or eight years ago. I had a friend who was starting a business. He wasn't a close friend, an acquaintance who was starting mm-hmm. a business on Amazon. And he said, I'm going to, he said it like retiring. Like oh, well, okay. no, he was like, this is going to take over. This is going to be the big hustle. And he, he showed me, he was like, I'm going to buy, <laughs> it was like a chamois. 
a ShamWow, like a ShamWow. Yeah, ShamWow, ScamWow, ShamWow. Not a ShamWow. Like a microfiber? A microfiber, yes. A microfiber car cleaning rag or whatever. And he was like, I can buy this for however much he could get it for. I don't remember. Yeah. Something like that. And he was like, and I'm going to show you. You don't, and he showed me, he like did a search for a similar product on Amazon and it shows up like, you know, 30 times or whatever. Like there's 30 different vendors at any given moment selling the same thing. And he says, the key is, and I forgot what he, I forgot all what he said, but he he was like, the key is, I was like, what are you going to charge for it? And he was like, you can't charge the least. No one wants to buy the least. You charge a premium and then you do the best, like you do the best description, you do the best rating, you do the best, whatever Mm. you give away product to whoever to get your rating up or whatever. Um, and he's like, he's like, there's a sweet spot for that. And he's like, once I make enough from that, I'll have enough to buy X product. And he's like, all I want to do is like choose. I I forgot what he said, but he was going to choose like just a couple products that had very little overhead and try Mm -hmm. to just turn, sell volume as much as Mm -hmm. he could at this huge, Mm -hmm. huge markup. And I was like, wow, that's really smart. I'm sure this guy, and I haven't talked to him in a while, but I'm sure he is like doing very well now. Mm -hmm. I think the interesting thing about that is when you try to do that with art, like work, creative stuff that like we're writers, we're performers, like when you're trying to, and, and actually that is the, that it relates to the, the scam that I brought in today too. And I don't mm-hmm. know if we have time to talk about that. But, yeah, of course. But like when you try to make that kind those kind of financial gains and speculate off of mm-hmm. someone's creative work or off of your own creative work, mm-hmm. I think that there's something different. I don't care if he marks up a piece of cloth, yeah, a piece of cloth and makes money. I mean, I, I probably should care more, but like, well, it's, it's also, Probably made in a factory, probably already produced and probably already like the, the, the product is already out there to be sold. Well, probably under terrible working right. conditions. So that's why I feel like I should care more. I know. Um, but, you know, I think we're, it's very American to be like, well, he bought it at this price and he made a fortune selling oh, it. He, everyone you know, loves it. Like a finance flip in some, yes, in some way. Yes. He saw it, whatever. And, but I think when you're talking about like work, you know, how long you work on a book to sell a book or mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. something like that. Um, I, I'll just briefly say that this, yeah, when you hear your that I was going to talk about was um, there's, it's a, a, a gallery owner and art yes. um, vendor. Have you, have you talked about art scams? We at have. All? Is it the New York yeah. times that was in mm-hmm. the New York times? The Indigo Philbrick is his name. I don't know. No, tell me. Um, well, anyway, he was like a young rising star in the art world. And he, it's, I, I won't go into tons of detail because we've already talked about other scams today, but like basically what he was doing was reselling and flipping art and taking wow. art that he could sell for one, getting for one price and selling it for higher, which I, I did not understand that. Which is what I want to do at the end of the day. Right. <laughs> I, have, I have these shitty pieces of artwork that I want to sell. Yeah. It used to be that that when you were an art dealer, you were primarily selling to people who are going to display that art in their home. And so you were like trying to, and, right. and that's still hot because, you know, it's like wealthy people patronizing poor artists completely, and, whatever, completely. And, and trying to get the art that's all this time. Yeah. The art that's hot at that moment or yeah. whatever. So, but, but it used to be that now a lot of it is, is selling to speculators or they call them speculators. What does that mean? A collector and a speculator. A speculator. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> They're buying what? art 
They're not just planning to display it. They're not displaying it. Okay. It's going to sit in a warehouse somewhere. And then in two years, when that artist is hotter, if they think that artist is on the rise, they're going to sell it for a higher price. So they're collecting it like Beanie Babies. Yes. And it's and not even the whole artwork. Sometimes you buy a share of an artwork. So like I own that's like you know, a 10%. <laughs> it's like a Bitcoin. They're treating it like yeah. Bitcoin. Yeah, so, yeah. So this guy was doing that. He was making tons of money, but it turns out he was also lying about it. So like he was share- selling more than the shares. So like somebody thought they owned a whole artwork when then two other people thought they also owned oh. shares in it. So, and then he was having a hard time delivering on the promises because the art world is fickle and like people don't always it doesn't always go straight up hey there this is justin bartha i made a funny new podcast king of the egg cream it has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like lewis black i'm torn by my feelings for two women bobby cannavale you can eat it or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. There's something about you can be at the lowest low and feel at the very bottom of as an artist. Like I can't, I'll never be able to create again, or even just like I'm I'm not up to par with it. But sometimes I just need like a weekend <laughs> or like a couple good movies. And then you never stop creating. I was talking to somebody yesterday and there's always another idea. You're never gonna run yeah. out of ideas. Yeah. There's always gonna be another. Yeah. Something mm-hmm. will spark you and you can't escape it. I mean, that's why mm-hmm. that's why you end up doing it for as long as we've been doing it. Like mm-hmm. if there was an off ramp, I think we could we would have taken it by now. There are people <laughs> are constantly just... telling me to get off. Yeah. <laughs> like, maybe yeah. I'll join an affiliate link on Amazon or sell something. I mean, yeah. that could be your new milk frothers could be your new life. Milk frothers are my new business. And I mean even like I, it's so funny too, because the people that produce so much, maybe it's also our generation that like they they don't seem like that upset if the, the stuff that they present and perform isn't perfect. So yeah. you have people like sending out millions of TikToks and just doing sure. it, just doing it. Where for me, I'm like, well, if that's awkward, I can't put that out there. Like I want it to be very well done. Perfect. So then it takes me a couple months as opposed to like 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like the opposite. We're the opposite of a scammer because we have so uh-huh. much self-doubt. We could never. So much integrity. <laughs> yeah. So much yeah. worry. It has to be. Yeah. The best thing we've done. The best thing. Also, we think someone's going to like hold their feet to the fire where the scammers know like nobody cares. They're just clicking no through. They're cares. just clicking yeah, through yeah, that yeah, Kindle. Yeah. yeah. I know. It's so funny. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. Well, Carrie, so you are an amazing author and comedian and I want to hang out and have to do a phone call so we're not talking <laughs> on recorded stuff. Yes. <laughs> this was such a fun conversation with you, Carrie. And I want, where can our listeners find you? Where can they happily oh. stalk you for all your writings? Okay. I'm at Carrie McCrossin on Twitter. 
And I think, yep. And I'm at Miss Carrie Lynn with an E on Instagram. Amazing. You also have amazing skin, Carrie. So like, I this need is you to a text ring light. Skincare. <laughs> oh, your skin has always been so nice. Um, thank you. Nice. I don't. It'll be disappointing. I I don't do any skincare. What's well, great jeans? Um, yeah, I guess. Um, and again, that ring light really doing a lot really of heavy lifting. It. I love it. And, but you can also follow uh, the book. You can follow at Margot Mertz takes it down uh, on Instagram or at Margot Mertz on Twitter. Um, amazing. That's me. Um, and we're going to put it in our show notes and then everybody can run and find you. And guys, you can do it too. You can be an author legit wise or scammy wise. We gave yeah. you both options here. Yeah. <laughs> Carrie, tell us some exciting things that happened to your book recently. Oh, um, we found out we were an Apple book of the month and an Amazon book of the month. Um, wow. Yeah. And, um, yeah, also we're a Dimmix book of the month in Australia. That's like their, that's, <gasps> that's one so of their exciting. big retailers. I, I wasn't familiar with them before this. Being yeah. a book of the month is huge, especially coming up to holiday season. So guys, if you have any young A read, young A readers or literally anybody who reads anything, buy her book and give it as a Christmas gift. Yeah. It would, yeah. Right. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I feel so awkward That's, saying that, but yeah. <laughs> it is so hard. Don't no, buy her, her book, buy her book, read her book, Kindle her book, do whatever you can and support. Thank and you. Share. Thank you, Scamwell. Of course. We loved having you carry your a queen. Carrie, what a dream. What a dream. Don't you just want to scoop her up and take you with you forever? I did that. Afterwards, I did call her and we had another like hour conversation because I can't get enough of Carrie's amazing advice. So guys, check out her book, Margot Mertz Takes It Down with Penguin Random House and grab it this Christmas. Give her a review on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million. Just that's your good deed for the day. If you want to rate and review our podcast, that would be great because we definitely have haters that love to write horrible, mean reviews. (laughs) So the warm, fuzzy reviews mean a lot to me, especially during the holidays. And you can find us if you want to email us your scams or if anything's happened to you at scamwellpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Patreon at scamwellpodcast. And I want to say thank you to Jess and Kate. And I love you guys. I love this team. And I love you listeners. Thank you so much for letting me keeping, keeping doing to keep me doing this job. (laughs) Bye. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. 
You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.